Welcome to Rams Up, a Los Angeles Rams podcast. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We cover other SoCal sports news of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, to episode 16 of season 2. This is L.A. Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. We have a fun episode for you today. We have another edition of our Who's Pumped, Who's Pissed, and Who's Perplexed, taking a look at fan bases around the league. Our recurring guest, Tom Quartz, is going to join us, and he's going to cut down our roster From 90 to 53, his first hack at that. Tom playing GM for about a half an hour. And then we have a really short sports pet peeve to share with you. Getting back into some of the regular segments we do on occasion with the draft behind us. Not a lot to report otherwise. As far as the Rams go, they assigned some additional undrafted free agents. I'm not going to run them off here. Go visit the Rams website, they have a full list there. Two guys that really jumped out at me were Jamal Pettigrew, a six foot seven inch tight end out of McNeese State, and Lance McCutcheon, Montana State, wide receiver, same school as Daniel Hardy. And full disclosure, the only reason that name jumped out at me is because of that great Ram running back, Lawrence McCutcheon. So Pettigrew and McCutcheon among a bunch of other undrafted free agents the Rams have signed. The NFL has announced all of the international games, and thankfully the Rams do not have one. And they're going to start bleeding out some of the other games over the next few days. And then on May 12th, of course, the entire schedule released. I expect the Rams to have several primetime games. Before we get into our three segments we have for you today, I just wanted to mention how about the Dodgers And how about Major League Baseball overall? How happy are they to see the Dodgers, Angels, Yankees, and Mets all in first place? It's still early, but that's what Major League Baseball needs, especially the Dodgers and Yankees. But if the Angels and Mets were also to join them in the postseason, that would be pretty cool. A little concerned about Justin Turner and Max Muncy, both off to extremely slow starts. Dodgers in the midst of a five-game winning streak as I speak with a game Sunday night against the Cubs, but Dodgers looking mighty impressive, even without Turner and Muncy contributing as you would expect. So up next are Who's Pumped, Who's Pissed, Who's Perplexed segment, followed by our roster cuts by Tom Quartz, and then we'll close it out with a sports pet peeve of mine, NFL Draft-related. couple weeks we have been consumed with the NFL draft, rightfully so, but I thought it would be the perfect time to revisit our who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed segment. Which fan bases are pumped, which ones are pissed, and which ones are perplexed, and most of this 
is a result of recent transactions and primarily the NFL draft, let's start with the pumped fan bases. Well, if I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, I'm kind of pumped just because they were able to secure the services of the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew, a local kid coming back to play for his home team, 29 years old. Saints got to be excited about that. Saints fans are pumped. And you know what? If I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm sort of pumped. I mean, Matt Ryan is gone. Sad to see him go. But Drake London and Desmond Ritter, a wide receiver quarterback combination, two rookies coming in, both seem very promising, although I have heard a couple of opinions taking Drake London down a notch, but Ritter and London coming in as rookies, that could be something to build on. If you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'd be pumped. Perhaps most pumped of all, New York Jets fans. Now, Jets fans themselves have told me, you know what, we're not quite pumped yet because we've seen this movie before. But, you know, you got a new coach there his second year. And he's building something there. I had a lot of respect for him, Robert Sala, when he was with the Niners. I think he can build a competitive team and drafting the cornerback, Sauce Gardner, the edge rusher, Jeremiah Johnson, the running back, Brees Hall, and the wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. You know, you could look back on this draft in three or four years and say this was the turning point for the New York Jets. Now, they got to do it on the field. I get it. But man, if I'm a Jets fan, I am stoked right now. And Baltimore Ravens fans, you know, they're pumped every year after the draft. They have built such a tradition there of nailing the draft, and they may have done it again. David Ajabo, he probably won't play this year, but a top 10 pick that got hurt. So they'll bring him back next year, most likely. Kyle Hamilton, a safety As you know by now, I'm not a fan of drafting safeties that high, but still, if the Ravens drafted him, he probably is going to make an impact because that's just what happens in the Ravens' world. And the offensive lineman, Tyler Linderbaum, just that name, Linderbaum, I just see him laying out, pancaking defensive linemen and linebackers. If I'm a Ravens fan, once again, this time of year, post-draft, I'm pumped. And the Eagles, Eagles fans have to be a little pumped getting A.J. Brown on board. They're a playoff team, albeit in the NFC East as a wild card, probably one of the least deserving teams. But, you know, they they could have something cooking there in Philadelphia, and adding A.J. Brown certainly isn't going to hurt. And the Buffalo Bills, we heard it on this show for the last couple weeks. What's the one thing the Bills need? They need a running back, and they got one, James Cook. And they also got the punting god, Matareza. But it's more about James Cook. The Bills are going to be a force to be reckoned with. They were my Super Bowl pick last year to play the Rams and lose to the Rams in the Super Bowl, and I'm probably going to go that way again. Rams over the Bills in the Super Bowl. Bills look more formidable than they did last year. And lastly... Also pumped. Kind of put this in the same category as the Jets. The Detroit Lions come away with a good draft. Hometown boy Aiden Hutchinson and the wide receiver Jamison Williams. 
They're going to roll with Jared Goff for a year, and I don't have a problem with that. They're getting in some weapons at least, and they have the hometown edge player, probably the best player in the draft. They got him at number two. If you're a Lions fan, you have to be a little excited, right? And who's perplexed? Well, Arizona Cardinals fans have to be perplexed. What the heck's going on with Kyler Murray now? He seems to be happy again. Then they trade for Hollywood Brown. That's a good sign, right? And then you can hardly start celebrating that acquisition, although it's not really that big of a deal. I don't think you lose Christian Kirk. yet. Hollywood Brown, probably a slight improvement there, but that's not like it's going to put you over the hump there, right? And then they lose DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. So it's a roller coaster for Cardinals fans, up and down, Murray happy, Murray pissed, wide receiver core depleted, wide receiver core rejuvenated, and then Hopkins out for six games. So perplexed if I'm a Cardinals fan. And the Titans have to be a little perplexed. You know, they are a Super Bowl contender, no doubt about it. But then they trade A.J. Brown to the Eagles. He was an impact player for that team. And then they draft Traylon Burks, who is kind of like a carbon copy of A.J. Brown, right? But he hasn't proven it on the field. So I'm a little perplexed. If I'm a Titans fan, if you're a smart Titans fan, you recognize the savings. You recognize that, hey, we're not going to pay A.J. Brown the big money. We're going to bring in a guy that looks like he could replace him quite well, but still a contender losing one of their impact players. A little perplexed there. One more perplexed fan base, the Minnesota Vikings fan base. Now, I almost put them in the pissed category. Vikings fans are pretty chill, typically. They only get pissed when you're talking about the Packers. Although, in a second, I'm actually going to talk about the Packers. Still going to leave them in the perplexed category. Why are they perplexed? Well, the Vikings made a bunch of trades, accumulated a bunch of extra picks. Normally a good thing. Usually wouldn't have a problem with it. But they traded with two divisional rivals, and in doing so... They allowed the Lions to draft wide receiver Jamison Williams. He could be a game changer. Lions also got defensive end Josh Peschall out of that trade. And they allowed the Packers to draft wide receiver Christian Watson. And furthermore, these trades that they made allowed the Colts to draft Cooper Cup version 2 Alec Pierce, the wide receiver. So, you mean, they're helping out divisional rivals, helping them draft game-changing wide receivers, potentially. And what did the Vikings do with those extra picks? They drafted a safety, a cornerback, an offensive lineman, and an inside linebacker. Hey, you know what? It may turn out okay for the Vikings. Could end up being a really good thing. But if I'm a Viking fan, I'd rather have Jamison Williams or Christian Watson or Alec Pierce than any two or three of these other guys they drafted. And putting salt in the wound, divisional rivals ended up with these guys. And two fan bases are a little pissed. One is the Bears. I mean, they have Justin Fields there as a quarterback. Got to go get him some help, right? For their first two picks are DBs, a cornerback, and a safety. That's not going to help Justin Fields' progression. Also losing Allen Robinson. Bears spinning their wheels, leadership there not making it any easier for Justin Fields to succeed. And probably the most pissed fan base, 
courtesy of the Rams, partly, is the New England Patriots fan base. Weird a draft. Cole Strange drafted in the first round, and then they see McVay and Sneed kind of chuckling about it. Now, I get it. It wasn't meant to be disrespectful, but you know it's got to piss the Patriots Got to piss the Patriots fans off in two ways. One, is this a good pick? Probably not. And the Rams over there kind of making fun of their team. And I know McVeigh apologized and Sneed did as well. But if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm pissed off on two levels with this strange pick. And then also a little bit pissed about this drafting of Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver, Patriots are not good at drafting wide receivers. You think they just give up on it, start finding free agents that they can sign, proven guys, kind of take the route the Rams have, but they just keep on drafting wide receivers. Tyquan Thornton could be the answer, but but the fact that the Patriots drafted him suggests maybe not. Kind of like the reverse effect. I mean, if the Ravens have drafted Tyquan Thornton, I'd be going, well, this guy's probably a player. Patriots draft him. Not so much. So that's my who's pumped and who's pissed and who's perplexed as far as the fan bases across the league. We'll get back to this again in a few weeks. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom you have a shot at an even bigger payroll. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, everybody. This is Rand. I've got a special segment for you here today. This is going to be a lot of fun. I have Tom Quartz back to join us. How are you doing, Tom? Hey, great. Great to be back. So what Tom wanted to do, and I said I agreed. I thought this would be a great idea. Tom is going to cut down the Rams roster to 53 guys for us. He's going to take his first hack at it. Now, I wanted to point out, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel, and we have a visual that's going to help you sort this out. We're going to move guys from the roster to the cut list. And if you're listening, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you can go to the podcast, and we have a couple additional segments on that that I think you'll enjoy. So just wanted to make sure everybody understood that. Now, when we go to our roster list here, Uh, What you'll see at the top is a roster count of 90, and we're going to whittle this down, or I should say Tom is going to whittle this down to 53 guys. This should be a little bit of fun. Tom, you're ending the dreams of some of these guys. I hope you're aware of that. Yeah, this is a, boy, this is a stacked roster. I mean, there's a lot of great potential here, and um, so really glad to see uh, 
how many how much talent the Rams brought in. And yeah, it is going to be tough to cut to 53. I mean, it's, yeah, I remember it's, we talked separately before this, and I, I remember doing this. I do this all the time, actually, this time of year. And I remember last year getting it down to 53 was pretty easy. It was just a matter of those last four or five guys flip a coin. It wasn't really that stressful. But this year, I, I mean, there's like 62 guys, I think, that I would love to have on this roster, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot of great young talent, and I think one of the reasons is the the draft was uh, was very full of of talent, and uh, there's also a lot of unrestricted free agents that I'm sorry, undrafted free agents that were picked up after the draft, uh, largely I think because of the COVID. Uh, impact right there's a lot of extra talent that was in this draft a lot of guys got extra years uh, and so forth and, and stayed in another year and so this is uh the beginning of next year I, I anticipate will the same thing will happen okay i got the roster up here we're going to whittle that down everybody if you're watching on youtube you can see that 90 number up there we're gonna push through this until we get down to 53 how about it, Tom? You want to start with the quarterback position? Any cuts there? No, I think the Rams are uh, dead set on carrying three quarterbacks. They always do, and uh, they'll they'll keep the three they have: Stafford, Wolford, and Perkins. And uh, we're just going to move left or right here. Uh, running back position: we got Akers, Henderson, Funk, Xavier Jones, Raymond Calais, and the rookie Kyran Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I so you're gonna I imagine one or two are gonna have to go. Yeah, let's uh, let's start with a couple of the obvious ones. I think um, for sure, Calais is gonna is gonna go, so we can move Raymond Calais over. And unfortunately, I like Xavier Jones a lot, but I think we're gonna have to move him over. The Rams typically carry three running backs uh, on their 53 man, and and a few of them on the practice squad uh, in case somebody gets hurt, but. Um, so we're going to start there, and then we'll we'll take another swing at this uh, on the next round of cuts. Yeah, and and of course, you know what always happens, especially with a running back position. Unfortunately, someone gets dinged up. Bound to happen. Wide receiver. This is a really good group. Needless to say, you yeah, it is. Have to go. We actually, uh, yeah. So we have obviously uh, Cup, Jefferson, Atwell, Jacob Harris, uh, Skronik. Uh, Koski, Akers, Jackson, and then they obviously signed Allen Robinson as a free agent and brought in a undrafted free agent, uh, Lance McCutcheon. So, and then we also have Brandon Powell over there in the special teams row, and um, right. a lot of people anticipate him getting some wide receiver play this year. So, yeah, a lot of guys. I think we'll just take the first the first cut uh, group here of Koski, Akers, Jackson, and McCutcheon. And you say Jackson and McCutcheon. and McCutcheon. Yeah. So we'll cut four guys off of this list and we'll get down to six. Plus we'll have Brandon Powell as a seventh. As a side note, you know, when I saw that, when you saw that name McCutcheon, what did you think of? Oh, Lawrence. He's, you know, I don't know if he's yeah. related or not. Yeah. I, I did some digging and apparently not. I couldn't find any, any reference to that. I would have imagined we would have heard about it if, if, yeah. if it were. <laughs> right. Uh, a lot of the younger Ram fans uh, 
are probably not familiar with Lawrence McCutcheon, one of the great oh, running backs and the Rams' history of great running backs. Oh, uh, yeah, fantastic. Tight so we end. Yeah, we move over to tight end. Uh, I think we'll we'll go with our top three, Higby, Blanton, and Hopkins. I think Markway. Uh, the Rams do typically keep four tight ends. I think this year uh, we'll have to see, but I think right away uh, Carter and Pettigrew, uh, the two undrafted free agents, uh, were, are going to go, although I think they really like Pettigrew, and I would uh, give him an outside shot of making the roster. But for now, we'll, we'll cut Carter and Pettigrew. Yeah, and um, you know um, the wide receiver, Jacob Harris, he's kind of a hybrid. Uh, Jamal Pettigrew, I, I did a little bit of checked up on him a little bit, six, seven and a really good athlete. So I think yeah. he has a shot, but he's got a tough road to make this roster. Yeah, for sure. On to the offensive line. We're down to 81. Yeah. So in the offensive line, uh, this is a big group. Now they do typically keep nine offensive linemen. And so I think uh, what we'll do is move um, Chandler Brewer, uh, Jeremiah Cologne, uh, Max Percher, and Adrian Ely, who was a, uh, a free agent signed not too long ago, um, over to the cut list. Yeah, and I was searching for Cologne's name. You said Brewer, Cologne, and who else is off this roster? Percher and Ely, yeah. Okay. And Percher is uh, the international player, so uh, they'll almost certainly keep him as a uh, as a practice squad player because he is a bonus practice squad player. So you get 16 on the practice squad. Okay. We're down to 77. Uh, did you want to jump to special teams? You want to save that for last? Do you want to go to defensive line or special teams? Let's see here. I think what we want to do is, if you don't mind, if we'll, we'll also go back to the offensive line and take Jack Snyder off, the uh, undrafted free agent. And they stayed? Okay. okay. And, um, yeah, so if we go down to uh, – we'll leave special teams as is, leave a little drama for the uh, which punter we're going to keep. Um, and go back, go on down to defensive line. Obviously, we have Donald Gaines, uh, Ashawn. Copeland, Hecht, and uh, Bobby Brown, Ernest Brown is there. And then a couple of undrafted free agents who I don't see making uh, the roster, uh, Dion Novel and Elijah Garcia. So we can move those two off. There's going to be some tough decisions there. Yeah, yeah line. for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a tough. There's probably end up cutting one more. And so we'll have to come back to that one. Okay. You got a bunch of guys listed as edge players. Yeah, there's a lot of edge. They brought in a lot of edge players, and it's it's a, a little up in the air. I think there's going to be a really um, heavy competition for that fifth edge. Now, uh, well, one question before you get started. You see Jonah Williams as, an, as strictly edge? Yeah, I mean, eh, that's where they, they typically have him. But, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's even gotten any snaps, so I, I'm not sure myself. I always – out of him as uh, defensive and defensive line, but uh, go ahead though. Uh, who, yeah, who I mean, I think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So, um, so we got Floyd Hollins, Garrett Lewis, as you said, Jonah Williams, Daniel Hardy, who was the, uh, the seventh round draft pick. And then they actually had uh, four of their 17 undrafted free agents at edge. So uh, Hughes Murray, uh, Braden Thomas, Benton Whitley, 
and Keir Thomas. So, you know, we don't know which of these guys are going to are going to potentially make an impact. One or two of these undrafted free agents will make the team at least um, if uh, history is a guide. But it's just so hard to predict. So uh, but anyway, having said that, I think we'll uh, cut Williams and then the four undrafted free agents. Hughes, Murray, Thomas, Whitley and uh, Keir Thomas. We're down to we're down to 69 players and we're on to inside linebacker. Yeah, so inside linebackers, not not a lot of depth there. Um, they had signed uh, a player, Anthony Hines, a while ago. Obviously, the big free agent signing was Bobby Wagner to uh, join Ernest Jones, Trevin Howard, Christian Roseboom, and the uh, perhaps the most uh, popular or most likely undrafted free agent to make the squad is Jake Hummel from Iowa State. So, but having said that, uh, they typically carry four inside linebackers. I think we'll cut Anthony Hines here and come back and look at this uh, in a little bit. Uh, it's a position that has really never been a strength. And then all of a sudden you have Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner there. But you're right after that, Trevin Howard has proven he can contribute. Um, Roseboom, kind of a special teams guy. Kind of in- interesting situation there at inside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, cornerback, um, you know, this was a position going into the draft I-, I shared with you many times was my biggest concern. We seem to have alleviated that. At least I hope so. Got some cuts here, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we have, uh, what do we, we have uh, 11 11 cornerbacks in the cornerback room. And, and interestingly, they, I think they started the 53 man last year with four or maybe five um, because there was a weird situation last year where, where Hecker was on the uh, injured list. And so he wasn't actually on the, the opening 53, obviously he came on before they played their first game. But uh, uh, so that original 53-man roster they came out with last year is a little misleading. I think they might have uh, – but they did start with four cornerbacks last year. Anyway, this year I think they're going to start with more than that. I think they have a lot of guys here that they want to keep on the roster. Um, obviously, Ramsey, Rochelle, Troy Hill are locks. They also have David Long and uh, Grant Haley, Tyler Hall. And the dra- they drafted uh, Kobe Durant and Darian Kendrick, who they're v- both of which they're very high on. And then three undrafted free agents, Caesar Williams, TJ Carter, and Deron Lowe. So, uh, however, I do think they're going to have to, obviously, going to get this down pretty quickly. So I think it's going to be Grant Haley and Tyler Hall will be cut, as well as the three undrafted free agents. And there you go. That's our cut, courtesy of Tom. And you have 10 more to go. 10 more players have to go. You have a, a pretty decent safety room here as well. Yeah. So in the safety room, obviously, we have Fuller, Rapp, and Scott. Um, and coming back, we uh, we also have Terrell Burgess there, who everybody wants to see play. With his, uh, he had some uh, early success here before last and uh, didn't get much play time last year. And... Uh, obviously, uh, Jake Gervais is still there, but drafted two safeties, Quentin Lake from UCLA. They're very high on A lot of people think he's Jordan Fuller 2.0. Uh, that's how he plays and so forth. And uh, a guy in the seventh round, Russ Yeast, who also shows some promise from Kansas State. So 
those are the two draft picks. And then Daniel Lissom and uh, Jaron McVay, uh, undrafted free agents. And so, uh, but I think we're going to have to start the cuts here with Gervais, Issam, and McVay. Gervais is another guy that just sticks around, keeps on coming back. Yeah, um, practice squad guy who, right. who uh, you know, they feel strongly enough about and he isn't getting picked up from by somebody else. So, Okay, we're at 60 players. We haven't looked at special teams yet. Do you want to make another cycle through any of the other position groups? Or where do you want to go with this? You're the GM. You tell me. <laughs> well, we can go in, uh, and um, make the – so let's see. You're at uh, – you are at 60. Is that right? 60 players. We've cut 30. Uh, so you have seven more to cut. And it okay. ain't going to be easy. <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. Uh, we can go over to, uh, we can go over to special teams and, um, and just make the cut. I think it's, I think uh, Cameron Dicker, the uh, undrafted free agent from Texas, who's a punter as well as a kicker. I think he'll end up uh, beating out Riley Dixon. Um, he brings too much to the table. He has the pros are he can also kick. He can kick the long, do the long kick. He can do the kickoffs as well as longer field goals. We saw Matt Gay uh, miss some, um, you know, longer field goals last year, especially at the end of the year when his uh, leg was getting tired because he had all the kicking duties, and that was a problem. Uh, the downside of Dicker is that he doesn't have the experience that Dixon has at um, uh, as the uh, uh, the holder in the um, in the kick in the uh, kicking game, so uh, Kid Dicker would have to learn to do that. So, but uh, we'll just so in this case, we'll go ahead and um, cut Riley Dixon. Okay, took care of that for you. Uh, yeah, that's something that'll clearly work its way. That that's one of those positions that I think the decisions become pretty easy for coaches. You know, there there's not a lot of um, ambiguity when it comes to punters. Uh, it's pretty easy to sort out who the best guy is through training camp. Who knows? But okay, I've cut Riley Dixon. Where are you going next? Yeah, where I think we're going to go to, um, uh, we're going to have to go revisit this running back situation. I think they will carry three, and uh, I think they're very, they're very high on uh, on Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. You're not going to cut my Jake Funk, are you? I think we're going to have to cut Jake Funk. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know for sure. I mean, this is uh, I would love to. There's a lot, obviously, a lot of these guys we'd love to keep, um, but I think that that's going to. Now he'll probably yeah. end up being on the practice squad, and he'll be there in case one of these guys gets hurt or yeah. or something like that. But. He could very likely get picked up by someone else, but uh, yanked from our practice squad. But okay, yeah, so. If we move over to uh, wide receiver, uh, I think that's pretty well set. I think I don't think we're going to be moving anybody off of that uh, off of that squad. Uh, Skronik won't get a lot of snaps as long as everybody else stays healthy, but he's a really strong special teams player, um, and uh, they they really like Jacob Harris and want to get him now that he's healthy. Get him worked in. Obviously, he can also move over to tight end um, as well. So, uh, yeah, so. 
yeah, and you'd already uh, pulled Mark way off the tight end list. So um, I think that that, uh, that that group is pretty well set as well. It looks like there's some cutting down to do on the offensive line for sure. Yeah, interestingly, um, they they do carry uh, they do carry nine, but we do have to make another cut there. So I think we'll um, it's going to come down to you know they like this AJ Curry. He's a big guy. Uh, they got him in the second to last pick. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go where they go on the offensive line cut. Obviously, Logan Bruss, uh, who was their first, you know, their third round draft pick, who was the Rams' first draft pick, they really feel like is going to slot in uh, immediately at right guard. And so that leaves uh, four players to choose from, right? AJ Jackson, uh, Bobby Evans, Tremaine Ingram, and AJ R. Curry. And uh, I feel like they're going to keep the other three. I feel like, unfortunately, R. Curry is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, um, and Coleman Shelton obviously is the the lock for the for the primary backup guard and center. Okay, so our Curry is gone. All right, um, defense is a lot harder. Um, I think that uh, if we go over to defensive line, I think they're going to have to make a decision between Bobby Brown and Ernest Brown. And I think Bobby right. Brown's going to win out. And uh, I think Ernest Brown may get cut. So I think we'll move him over. I was kind of thinking the same thing, but I don't want to push you mm. in a particular direction. <laughs> you have three more cuts. Yeah. So um, so I think now we're getting down to it, right? So now we have um, uh, we have the on the edge. We have, I think, what are four locks, Floyd, Hollins, Garrett, and Lewis. Daniel Hardy is sitting there as a fifth edge. They do typically like five edges. So he's a favorite in my book to make this team. They do like his athleticism, and he could play uh, a role on special teams. Um, so I think we'll keep Hardy. Now we go to inside linebacker. They typically keep four inside linebackers, and it's going to come down to – uh, whether they want to keep that fourth inside linebacker or the sixth cornerback. So I think in this case, if we immediately, we have five currently at inside linebacker. We have Ernest Jones, Trevin Howard, Bobby Wagner are the locks, I think. And then it's going to come down to Christian Roseboom and Jake Hummel. And so I think we're going to go ahead and cut Christian Roseboom. I think Hummel has a very good chance of making this team. Uh, but we're going to have to come back and look at that against the cornerbacks. So now we're down to 55. So if we move over to safety, they typically keep five safeties, I think. Um, and so we have Fuller, Rapp, and Scott, I think, are the locks. And then it's going to come down to Terrell Burgess, Quinton Lake, and Russ Yeast. Russ Yeast being their seventh-round draft pick from Kansas State. So I think Quinton Lake unless something goes terribly wrong, is going to for sure be number four. And now it comes down to Burgess and Russ Yeast in that, as a competition. Uh, they certainly didn't like Burgess very much last year. Even when he did get on the field, he made some really athletic plays, which we all remember um, him for the prior year. But he also 
didn't make very he made some bonehead plays mentally and they yanked him off the field a lot after he went on the field and remember how many safeties they went through and uh, he was sort of the bottom of the of the uh, of the list there at the end of the year so um having said that i think they're going to keep him and unfortunately i think they're going to cut their seventh round draft pick rush yeast yeah uh, right now you have six cornerbacks and five safeties um that would be the max number, I think, of DBs. You'd carry 11, maybe even one last. But you have one more cut to make. One more and cut to a, make. This is the hardest cut. Um, yeah, you, this got, comes... you got 54 guys in the weight room, and one of them knows their last. it's their last day on the team, and Tom walks in and starts scanning the room, and they're all trying to hide from you. That's right. That's right. So I think this is going to come down to – two guys. And, um, I think that, uh, it's going to be an inside linebacker or a cornerback that's going to make, going to get the next cut. And, uh, so if we obviously just to recap, we have Ernest Jones, Travin Howard, and Bobby Wagner as locks, Jake Hummel on the bubble. And then we have on cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, Robert Rochelle, David Long, Troy Hill, and Kobe Durant, their fourth round draft pick are, are all but locks. So, this is going to come down to Jake Howell and Darian Kendrick, two players I love. Unfortunately, I think they really love Darian Kendrick, and a lot of people think he was their one of their best draft picks, including myself. Um, and he's just a uber athlete who made some mistakes, fell because of it, and um, but just a, a tremendous athlete. And if he's gotten his act together, that could be a steal. And uh, certainly if he is cut, he will be picked up by somebody else. So I think the answer is the last cut is Jake Hummel, who I also love. And uh, they go with three inside linebackers and do something that they did at the end of the year last year, which was use some of the edges. They put three edges on the field several times, especially near the end of the year when they were so um, – down at inside linebacker uh, when Ernest Jones was hurt and so forth. And so I think they could uh, employ that strategy again because they had good success there. Those inside linebackers, I'm sorry, those edges, those athletic edges uh, can move and can guard uh, intermediate pass routes. And I think that that might be something that they do, but uh, yet to be seen. So there we are. We're down to 53. Yeah, good job. Uh, there's a few things that I would probably disagree with you a little bit on, but that's to be expected. Uh, I won't get into that. I won't get into that. I'll, I'll share that. Maybe I'll do a follow up on this and show my um, my roster as well. Uh, so you ended up with the three quarterbacks. We all know who they are. For you, those of you who are listening, the three running backs. For those of you who are listening and can't see this display here, the three running backs: Akers, Henderson, and Williams. The six wide receivers, and that includes Tutu Atwell and Jacob Harris in that count. The three tight ends, Ram fans, you know who those three are, and that's not counting Jacob Harris, who's in the wide receiver column. And we have nine offensive linemen. That includes Havenstein, Noteboom, Edwards, Allen, Shelton, A.J. Jackson, Bobby Evans, Tremaine Ankrum, and the rookie Logan Bruss. Four special teamers, Matt Gabe, Brandon Powell, the long snapper Orzek, and Dicker, our new punter and long kicker, shall we call him. At the six defensive linemen, including Bobby Brown, 
Marquise Copeland, no Ernest Brown on that list. And we have five edge guys, Floyd, Hollins, Garrett, Lewis, and Hardy. Only three inside linebackers, but I don't think that's a reach. Ernest Jones, Trevon Howard, Bobby Wagner. Six cornerbacks, the two rookies, plus Troy Hill, David Long, Robert Rochelle, and Jalen Ramsey. And five safeties, Quentin Lake, Terrell Burgess, Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller. So that's about it. Uh, good roster, I think. You're right. There's going to be some really tough decisions at the end here. Um, and that I, I will say the one thing that I I think the Rams might be tempted to go with two quarterbacks because there are so many position players, other position groups that just have some really talented guys. You know, I mean, that that's my only that's my one thought here. Um, my only the only comment I'm going to make. I think he did a good job, though. I, I can't argue with most of it. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, we'll have to see. I think that uh, obviously there will be some surprises that are we can't anticipate at this point. But uh, uh, hopefully, the some of these, especially these undrafted free agents, as well as as well as these uh, uh, draft picks, will make it really tough on Les Need and Sean McVay and. Uh, uh, they'll be able to hopefully stash some of those guys on the practice squad because, as we know, uh, and certainly injuries will always play a role. So it'd be nice to have some of those studs on the practice squad ready to come back up and, and contribute right away if uh, if uh, there's some bad luck. Yeah, and the, the preseason games, sometimes they can be so misleading. I see guys in the preseason that I'm like, oh, man, this guy is stepping up, and then next week he's cut. So. I think it has a lot more to do with what goes on in those practice fields and in those uh, study halls that they have uh, than what we see in preseason games. Yeah, they had made the comment that they uh, they obviously Rams notoriously don't value those preseason games, especially for some of the starters. I mean, they they see some of these guys play and, and whatnot, but it's it's not necessarily fair to judge guys in the preseason when they're not playing alongside. The all star, right. uh, the all stars, right? How is it? How, how can you judge somebody at a cornerback position if Jalen Ramsey's not on the other side and so forth? So, right. uh, they what they say is that they really get most of their intel uh, on how these guys are playing when they play those practice games against other teams at practice, uh, and there's in, in those controlled environments where they're able to set things up on offense and defense to specifically test guys uh, against each other. So if there's two cornerbacks, they'll put a guy in for one series and then the next, the same, you know, the, the, uh, another guy in for the next series in the same exact setup and see how they play head to head, if you will. And so that's where they, so that's where they say they learn the most. And so um, it'll be fun if anybody can get out to and see some of those practices. Those are uh, by far the most fun practices when they're doing those scrimmages against other teams. Yeah, and I think we'll use your uh, exercise here to, um, you know, add on to that. We'll have some other guys, uh, including my special assistant, myself, maybe taking your roster and uh, addressing the changes that we think we would make. But, uh, yeah, good stuff, lots of fun. And remember, you can listen to this on the podcast. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, the podcast will have a couple other segments that are really enjoyable. And if you're listening on the podcast, if you jump on the YouTube channel, you will 
uh, see the visual, obviously, that we work through. It's a lot of fun. Okay, Tom, thanks a lot, man. And uh, you have a good rest of your day. Yep. See you on Twitter at Ramsbeat and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation as the preseason progresses. Okay. Thanks a lot. Out here. Bye-bye. who's pumped, who's pissed, and who's perplexed segment. Also time to get back to our sports pet peeves. And I have a very timely one for you. It has to do with NFL draft grades. Now I'm taking this from two different directions. It's really two separate sports pet peeves, all about draft grades. The first thing that gets me spun up is these grades at the top of the draft by various sports writers They give a B plus when the pick was the absolutely correct, perfect pick. And case in point, Aiden Hutchinson. The Detroit Lions took Aiden Hutchinson with the number two pick in the draft. And it was the absolutely right pick. He was the best player available. It's a position of need. He's a hometown boy. Not a ding against this guy worth mentioning. And the Lions take him. Now, most writers are giving the Lions an A. There are a couple guys, Pete Prisco and Barry Werner, to be specific, who gave the Lions a B plus. A B plus. There was only one question on this test. And the Lions provided the correct answer. Now, in my book, that's an A. One for one, perfect answer, you nailed it, I'm giving you an A, not a B plus. Warner even said they should send a gift basket to the Jags for letting Hutchinson slip to them. Still gave him a B plus. Now, the one argument might be, you know what, that he's not really worthy of the number two pick in the draft. It's a weak draft. Well, you can't ding the Lions for that with your grade. Silly stuff. Now, the other thing that probably gets me spun up even a little more is these really bad grades at the bottom of the draft. I'm going to call out Chris Trapeso of CBS Sports. He's a fine writer, nothing against him. But he was handing out Ds in the seventh round. D-plus for the selection of a cornerback from Wisconsin in the seventh round. Raw coverage defensive back with elite-level testing figures that pop on film. D-plus, seventh round. The 248th pick in the draft, edge rusher Andre Anthony out of LSU got a D-plus. The Bucks picked him. D-plus, 248th pick in the draft. And the Raiders got a D for drafting running back Britton Brown out of UCLA, the 250th pick overall. Now, when you get that deep in the draft, I'm sorry, no Ds. Now, if they drafted me, yeah, okay, I'd probably give them a D minus, maybe even an F, but I'm not giving them a D for drafting Britton Brown, the running back out of UCLA, at 250. You know, when you get to the seventh round, you do one of two things. You just give them no grade, 
but if it's something that they really nailed, found a guy deep in the draft that was really worth it, then give him an A, maybe. But a D? Just a no grade or an A, or maybe a B? Other than that, no grade, please. I mean, if a guy slips from the first round, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody forgot to draft Cole Strange. And there he is, late in the seventh round. And the Raiders draft him, and all the other general managers are going, oh my gosh, we forgot about him. He slipped off our draft board somehow. Let's give the Raiders an A for that, but a D for drafting a running back out of a Power 5 school at number 250, a D. A couple of D pluses. You know, <laughs> get the fidelity there. Not a C, not a D, no, a D plus. A lot of thought went into that one. Sorry to pick on you guys, you writers for CBS Sports and such, but sorry. No grades in the seventh round unless they're just going to be flat out A's and B's. This makes no sense. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.